technical difficulties here so I'm just waiting for some people in the chat room to let me know if we are on let me know I'm on now okay <laughs> oh dear I, this night you're telling me we sound perfect so sorry about all that you never know what's going to happen on live radio. Anyway, God bless you all. Thank, thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. And uh, today we're going to talk about Cindy Jacobs, the fairy godmother of the so-called prophetic movement, and some of the other women that are associated with her. And they are far out, some of these girls, let me tell you. But... I guess really when you when you look at it the gospel is supposed to be simple and we're not supposed to make it difficult and it it seems like these people that are involved especially with word of faith or they're involved with the norm movement they're always looking for the next thrill or the next prophetic word and the next suddenly and we live our lives every day. We live our lives simply and we follow the word of God and we trust God to see us through every day, especially in the times that we're living in. And Jesus said, don't go running after a sign and a wonder because you don't know what you're going to find because you might, you might run into one of these ladies here, the uh, fairy godmother the fairy godmothers of the so-called prophetic movement. They, of course, they like to brag about the fact that they're prophets, and but they miss it. They miss it quite a bit. I noticed listening to some of these Cindy Jacobs tapes and some of her videos, she misses it a lot. <laughs> so, I really wouldn't trust Cindy Jacobs, but and this other this other lady that we've talked about her before, this Emma. I think her name is Emma Stark. Yeah, Emma Stark. Is that her name? And she's way out there. But she's the new kid on the block. And uh she's over in Scotland. God help those poor people. Protect them because we have to be so careful who we're listening to, especially in the day and age that we're we're in. And it kind of reminds me of politics. When you look at politics and you see all the propaganda, you have all these voices telling you one thing 
And then there's voices telling you another thing. And then you can see things with your own eyes. You see what's happening with your own eyes. But they're telling you that that's not really what's happening. Let let us tell you what's happening. And it's the same way people that preach a, another gospel. They like to tell you that it's not it's not really what you see. Let us tell you what to see. And let us tell you what to think. And and uh, it's really crazy. But we keep our eyes on Jesus. The, yeah, smoke screens. Amen. And that's what it is. There's smoke screens. But I just wanted to mention a few things to you. I, I was thinking about this this morning, and I thought I, I really need to tell the people about the mask. And whether you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask, that's up to you. But I was thinking about how toxic they are. I I, um, I have my own that I made, and I and uh, it's made. They're made out of cotton, and you can use um, you know those hair bands that you wrap your ponytail in or whatever for the girls. Now I'm not. I don't know about the guys. I mean, some guys have long hair, but. You can use those things to wrap around your ears, but you can make your own. And then they're washable, but I I did order a box of these blue ones, the blue. Of course, I wouldn't wear that over my nose or mouth. I would always put the cotton one on first and then maybe put something over it. And so... Oh, it was so awful. Just to open the box, the smell was so toxic. And I'm thinking to myself, like, they want kids to wear these masks and they want you to wear them 24 hours a day or whatever. And they're so toxic. So there was a story this morning on the Gateway Pundit. And on the box of masks for children, these blue these blue paper ones, it says that the chemicals can cause cancer. Well, who wants to put that mask on their children and now they want children to wear a mask all day long in school so that they can't breathe fresh air and anyway to protect your children make your own out of um, you can buy organic cotton and use a a fragrance free detergent so that they don't have to be inhaling chemicals all day from uh, air fresheners and things that they put in detergents. And then you can make these masks for your children or for yourself and you can wash them every day in hot water and disinfect them. So if they have to wear these things to school and, and if you don't have to send your kids to school, keep them home. And uh, for their own safety, if it's possible for you to homeschool, homeschool, because you, it has to be very, very traumatic for children nowadays to go to school and they can't play like they used to play. And then they, they want them to wear these toxic masks all day. It's just awful. I, what else is going to happen? We can't even believe that we're in the times we're in. Every day I say, what next? What next? And there's a lot of propaganda that is associated with the vaccines. Now, I personally 
and not getting any vaccine. I think they're dangerous. Whatever you do, that's up to you. It's your, it's your decision. But there's, there's this whole propaganda war to get people to hate other people that don't get a vaccine. And meanwhile, the government, the government is saying, the government of our country just let in a million people into our country who were untested for the most part. They don't know what these people have, and they disperse them all over the country. But yet, they want they want you to hate somebody else for not getting a vaccine and to discriminate against you, and then to force you to have these things in order to work or to go to school or whatever. And it's not right. It's not right. It's a personal decision whether you want somebody coming after you with the hypodermic needle and injecting you with something that you don't even know what it is. And uh, I'm not convinced of their safety at all. In fact, there was another report on one of the on one of the websites from an Israeli doctor who works in a hospital there in Israel. Now he has no reason to lie about the vaccine. He's got no political motive as far as what's going on in our country. So he was saying that 90 to 95 percent of the people that are being admitted to the hospitals in Israel are vaccinated. So figure that one out. And with the new Delta variant. So the whole thing is so insane and you just have to really try to judge for yourself and try to do what's best for uh, for your own health and your own well-being and for your family's well-being. This It's a dangerous, dangerous thing. There's people that I see on social media who who have passed away from this virus and it's deadly it's painful and we've all been affected by it one way or the other we have been affected by it so we need to just be very very careful of what's going on and I feel sorry for people that have to go out and work and they're being forced to take a vaccine that they might not want to take. And they're even, um, there was a girl that worked for Fox News, one of the Fox affiliates anyway, but she, she did an interview. I'll look up her name if you wanted to go to her website while I'm playing some of the other audios, but she, she was saying that when she was working for the Fox affiliate, they didn't want her to report on the vaccine side effects and the people that were dying from the actual vaccination itself. So she's thinking to herself, well, I'm a journalist. I'm supposed to report the news and I'm supposed to report the truth. And they were trying to censor her. And so she decided that, I think she decided she wasn't going to work at Fox or they let her go or one, one thing or another. But anyway, she started a website where she figured she could use her journalism skills to educate people about it. Yeah, man. So, brother. Oh, boy. One of our brothers, Vince, is saying that 
he caught the virus in December and he wouldn't wish it on his worst enemy. Yeah, amen to that. And he said his job is forcing him to get the, the vaccination. Uh, oh, we need God's mercy and grace because basically this vaccine is not is not even approved yet by the FDA. It's it's an experimental thing. And every single vaccine that's out there has been tested using aborted baby cells, every single one. I'm not sure that, uh, I'm not sure if, if any of them definitely have any of these aborted baby cells in them. The Johnson and Johnson one might, I know, I think there's one Oxford vaccine from England. There might be some in the Astro, AstraZeneca. So how healthy could that be for anybody? And the uh, the Pfizer vaccine with the MN, MMRA, it has these little nanotech, like these little particles that are dispersed throughout your body. And uh, they get into just about every cell in your body. And it's that's also been known to be dangerous because it's a new technology. And even the man, and I can't think of his name right now, but even the man that developed the MMR and I think it's MMRNA technology, which it's not actually this particular vaccine by Pfizer is not, they don't actually use the virus, which is usually when they make a vaccine, they use the uh, virus or like chicken pox, or they put some of that in the vaccine. So then when you're injected, your immune system can recognize it and can learn how to fight it. So, but that particular one does not have any virus in it. It's a, it's a new technology. And, and the man that invented the technology is now coming out and saying how dangerous it is. So, you know, you just have to be very careful. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent anti-vaccine except if it's made safely without using mercury and aluminum and aborted baby parts. That's what I'm opposed to. If they're going to make a vaccine, make one that's safe. I know there's, there's a whole list of vaccines on the children of God for life. It's a Catholic website. You know, I don't endorse, endorse Catholicism, but they do a good job as far as reporting on the facts of the vaccine. So if you need any vaccine information, about what's in them, which one were, which ones were made ethically. And I know, I think there was one that was made in Israel that was actually made out of tobacco plants. And so there was a few safe alternatives. Uh, it doesn't seem like those are readily available. I guess you would, if you find, uh, found one on there that you, you thought was safe enough to take, then you could ask for it, but you should ask for the packaging anyway, especially if anybody's giving you any kind of a vaccine, like the shingles vaccine. I think every single shingles vaccine contains aborted baby cells. I know the, I think the MMR, is it measles, mumps, and rubella, those contain aborted baby cells. So why would you want to inject that into your body? or your children's body. It's 
there are some ethical alternatives. And like I said, for a complete list of vaccine ingredients, every bottle of a, of a vaccination has an insert, or they should. Usually when you go to the doctor, they take it out of the box and they don't give you the box or they don't give you the insert. And you, you have a right to read that and you have a right to know. So you can ask for that or uh, you can see the package inserts on that website, Children of God for Life. So educate yourself and keep your family safe as much as you can. This this is a real plague. I, I I know some people say, well, it's not real. No, it's real. It's real. And it's hurting people. And it's hurting all of us because we, we all have people that we love that have been affected by this thing one way or another. So we just have to be wise as serpents, serpents and harmless as doves. We're being the whole... Uh, the whole way our, we knew our nation like six months ago or so <laughs> has changed radically. And we're seeing, we're seeing the changes right before our eyes. And I think many of us wouldn't think that we would be seeing the things that we're seeing nowadays. We shake our heads and we say, oh, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Because truly and truly, truly, truly the days are evil. And we know one thing, that the word of God is true. We can trust the word of God. And we know that we have the Holy Spirit if we are born again. And he can lead us and guide us into all truth. And that's what's going to keep us in the days ahead. Because there's so many voices out there and especially the government is trying to turn people against each other. They want you to have a vaccine passport that you have to show to get into a restaurant, but they don't want you to show ID when you vote. They don't, they, the borders are open and people are flocking in here. We don't know who's coming here, what they're bringing here. The whole thing, it's just like the whole thing is insane. And we have to try to keep our sanity in the midst of it. And, uh, you know, you can't focus too much on the news because you go, oh, you know, I can't, <laughs> I can't even believe all this. And so as far as politics goes, we have to focus on, our main focus has to be on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and for the lost people that are out there without Christ, because I don't know how, they can make it without the Lord and without the truth. If you, the other day I turned on uh, some of the so-called Christian stations because I won't even call them Christian really, but I'm flicking the channels and there's on my satellite, I have maybe about 10 so-called Christian channels. Well, everyone you put on, there's one con artist on there after another. You did, I can't believe that there's so many con artists out there. These guys will not earn an honest living. They will not tell people the truth about the gospel. 
They're selling every kind of holy water and, and uh, oil and uh, candy and what I, I can't believe it. Soap, they have special holy soap they can send you for for a donation of $100, a seed faith gift, I will send you these things that will make your life better. And it's one after another. I don't know. These people are coming out of the woodwork. It's worse than ever. I never saw anything like it. <laughs> and I'm shaking my head and I'm saying, this is such a great tool for the gospel television. It's such a great tool. And yet these people have made a mockery out of it. And this is what unsaved people watch for the most part. And that's how they see Christianity as a laughing stock. And we need to change that. We need to change that as much as we can and speak out against these false prophets and these false teachers and these money changers that are presenting Jesus Christ in such a bad light. So, we have to stay strong no matter what we have to go through, how many friends you lose, who likes you, who doesn't like you, who cares. The main thing is the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because we know that Jesus saved us. He saved us. He changed us. He gave us a new mind. He gave us a new way to think. He gave us a new way to live, and we're going to do it every day until he comes or until the Lord takes us home and we're going to fight the good fight of faith. And we're not going to back down. We're not going to back down. It's, it's a crazy world out there. And uh, I just, I try to stay focused on my work for the kingdom. And I'm very dedicated to it. I, I, there's a tremendous need out there and I'm so grateful for, the, the many other workers out there that work in the vineyard for the Lord and they stand strong in their beliefs and they won't back down because we don't know. We don't, just when you think that maybe there's going to be a pause in all this chaos and all the, this, with this plague, we think, well, maybe there's going to be a pause and boom, it's like another thing hits and then another thing's going to hit. And so we just have to try to get, get by every day and ask God to give us strength. It's tough. It's really tough. My heart goes out to parents and to my brothers and sisters that have to go out to these jobs where they're forcing you to do things. <laughs> yeah, that you don't want to do. Yeah, amen. It, it, Brother Vince says, and how come the faith healers aren't going into the hospital and healing the sick of COVID? That's true, but they're 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 just as afraid of it as everybody else. As far as they're not going into these sick wards and laying hands on people. No, even Bethel. When this thing hit, what was it, about a year and a half ago when this thing first hit, and even Bethel, had, they used to have these healing rooms where, I don't know if they're open yet, but 
where people could come and get healed, but they closed those up during the, the coronavirus outbreak. So, <laughs> you know, so much for that. But sickness and, and disease is real. I don't understand the whole thing. I, no, I don't understand it. But I don't get mad at God because of what's happening. I just understand that we're in the end times. We're in this world. We're not of this world. We're just passing through. And Jesus said we were going to have tribulation. We're, and we are having tribulation. And we just have to try to make the best of it. And, yeah, the road is getting more narrow. That's true. We Jesus said to stay on the straight and narrow. And the road is getting more narrow. That's true. <laughs> That's very, very true. But we're seeing, too, such an increase in crime. And devastation like we've never seen. I I don't think any of us have ever seen these kind of things in our lifetime. They went through, they went through hard times when there was a depression in this country and they had a stock market crash back in the 1920s. And they've had major plagues. They had the black plague, I think in Europe many, many hundreds of years ago. And they've had, they, they had a big flu plague, but nothing like this. Nothing like this. No. So, what can I say, saints? Let's just stay on that straight and narrow path. And whatever happens, it's like Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. So, yeah, that's, that has to be our motto. Whatever we have to go through, and none of us like to go through hard times. No, none of us do. But we go through them and God gets us through somehow. We come out on the other side and we're still praising God. And you think to yourself, I know, when all this is over, I know where I'm going. <laughs> I know where I'm going. <laughs> and I know this earth is not my home. So God help us. But be encouraged and be watchful. Use wisdom in, in uh, everything that you do. Just try to be careful as much as you can and try to stay healthy, I hope. You know, just try. And God will be with us and help us through it all. There's that song, right? That song, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus and I've learned to trust in God. And that's our our theme song, amen? But anyway, don't forget our website, propheticnews.com and our YouTube channel. It's under my name, Susan Puzio. And... Also, I I started a channel on BitChute. I never used it. I I saw that it was there. So I decided yesterday, I decided I would load a few videos on there. So I I loaded the videos and it wasn't like 10 minutes later. And I, I already had 40 views on some of the videos. So 
I was getting video, I was getting views so fast over there. I said, oh, I well, this might be a good outlet for ministry. So, and it was pretty user friendly compared to Rumble because I don't know, Rumble is a little confusing. When I put my name in the search, my channel doesn't come up. So, how are people going to find my channel? <laughs> you know, but on uh, BitChute. If you put my name in there, yeah, my channel comes up. And then if, like, I have some videos on Paula White, of course, and uh, <laughs> you have to see my latest one. It's so, it's hysterical. Uh, the real, you, you get a glimpse into the real Paula when she tells her husband he has to be quiet until she finishes prophesying. <laughs> but if you go to my YouTube channel, You'll see her. Jonathan Cain needs his wife's permission to speak. It's it's only about two minutes long, but you'll you'll find it entertaining. Uh, really, I mean, the guy, poor guy, couldn't get a word in edgewise because she had to prophesy. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, uh, so those things are out there for you, and you can. Uh, see my books on Amazon, Seed Faith, Can a Man Bribe God, and Paula White, Heretic in the White House. I thank God she's no longer there. And uh, that's, it's a pretty good biography about her and some of her antics. And so those things are available for you. Also, if you want to email me, you can email me, Susan at propheticnews.com. And I know somebody was telling me the other day on YouTube, well, you you deleted my comments. Sometimes I don't even get the notification. I don't know what's going on with YouTube, but my comment section is open and I take comments. The only comments that I will delete are if, if, if they curse, they use curse words or they use sexual innuendos that aren't appropriate. Those I delete, but if they want to tell me off, I don't delete it. They, they can, they can tell me off if they want, or if they want to say nice things, they can say nice things. But I read the comments, and sometimes I reply. But he, he was saying, "How come you deleted my comments?" Well, I didn't even remember the person, and sometimes I notice that I'll see comments from weeks ago that just turned up when usually when somebody comments you should be able to see it immediately in my notifications but I don't always see it so I don't even know if they're showing me if they filter things who knows you don't they're doing crazy things and even Apple with their iPhone now they're going to start scanning your phones and looking for child abuse on your phone so what else are they going to be looking for when they're scanning your phones? Well, if they start doing that, I'm not even going to use the iPhone. Forget it. I don't want their iPhone if they're going to spy on everything I'm doing. It's ridiculous, but that story is out there too. The new way to spy on you and even some of the televisions, if you have a smart TV, some of the TVs are listening to you. 
Can you imagine? You don't even know you're talking in your house and the TV is listening to you. (laughs) This is what world are we in? They they say, oh, they listen to you. I guess you you have to go on the Internet and look for a list of the TVs that can listen to you. And they say they they want to listen to your conversation so they, they so that they can target you for ads. <laughs> it's like how many more ads can I get? Almost every time I go on the internet, I get some kind of weird ad, and I'm saying, why are you giving me this ad? I never even searched for this thing. No, Lord help us. Okay, so let's talk about Cindy. Cindy Jacobs. Now, this here's Cindy. Now, Cindy grew up in a home where her father was a pastor. She said that they were very, very poor, and uh, her her father had holes in his shoes and. He sounded, from what she says, he sounded like he was a sincere man of God. Well, I don't know how she turned out the way she did because she's way out there. And uh, if she listens to this program, she needs to get some Bible education herself. And really, she needs to sit down and study the word of God before she goes out and starts prophesying to people and telling people about their life. And it isn't true. But here's Cindy, and she's on the Jim Baker show. This is one of her her uh, revelations that she had for for uh, Jim recently. And uh, so I'm getting ready to go preach at a uh, Maldonado Church, a large Latino church. church. And so we're driving to the church, and the Lord says to me, "Basta." And I, so I'm asking my driver, what does Basta mean? And, Mondo? <laughs> I can't believe God speaks to you in Spanish. He did. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no hay problema. That means me. I'm for you that God speaks Spanish. I love it. It's the heavenly language. It's now the I language can go to heaven. heaven. That's right. <laughs> it means fed up no more. That's what it means, Basta. Yeah, right. enough. Okay, wait, what? wait. Now, Basta tell us it means okay. enough. It means enough. Yes. He's fed up. Fed yes. up. Say it in Spanish. Basta. Do it. You're yeah, basta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, that's like Bishop just said. I mean, uh, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, yes. what you do is say, basta. I have a word. <laughs> wow. So we can hear this. And, in, <laughs> and basta means the same in Italian. And, uh, and it's so much stronger. All my Latino friends say, oh, you gringos, you know. <laughs> you can say enough or whatever, but it's not strong as it is in Spanish, right? Basta. Yeah, it there literally you means, you know, you are dead. This is over. I'm not going to allow yeah. you to go wow. one. You know, I'm not going to. I've drawn a line in the sand. Yeah. You're not messing with my emotions. It's You're not that. messing with my wow. money. You're wow. not messing with my kids. Basta. Basta. Enough. I mean, I 
she is a screamer. <laughs> she is a screamer. She's very, very, very loud. I don't know if I doesn't. She, what does she think? People don't hear her or what? <laughs> oh dear. Oh well. Anyway, that that word didn't come to pass, and they didn't stop anything by screaming that word. They didn't stop anything. No, the world just kept getting more evil. And uh, so all her screaming and all her declarations didn't stop anything. So let's hear Cindy. Cindy just made a comment the other day here. Now, let's hear this one. Weekend for me. Now, yesterday, it started with all this gold dust, which I kept trying to get rid of and scrubbing off my face over and over. I think I'm a little tender on my face because I kept scrubbing it. And the, the things just kept coming back. Yeah, yeah. Before I walked to this platform, I saw two angels standing here. Yeah. Take it. Remember, it's a beautiful day. What did the disciples say? Look at us. Okay, look at Look here. Look here. Look here. You ready? Take it. Take it. Take it. Ooh, I'm feeling that shaking thing again. <laughs> so, right now, I want to say to you, there is not better ground than this ministry. I'm on the board of HIM. And so... I'm asking you to sow into fertile soil. You know, there's some places that are good dirt, and there's some just not good dirt. I'm good dirt. I believe I'm good dirt. Okay. Tonight, I am boldly asking you without apology. Some of you have a stash. (laughs) What is a stash? Something you've been squirreling away. Maybe you need to get it out of the bank. You know, but I want to say, everybody gives something. I mean, even if you have a pocket full of change, you know, that's okay. But I want to say to you, you got to move heaven. Give and it shall be given unto you. Not it might be given unto you. If you believe this word, you have to believe all the word. You can't, you know, take your little whatever it is and cut that part out of your Bible. Don't look at me in that total voice. Close your eyes and let's see what Jesus wants you to do. Now, Father, we pray. Those online. It should include you in the balcony hay up there. Come on. Maybe you can sow $10,000. I mean, even if you have a pocket full of change. Yeah. Even if you have a pocket full of change. She says. She says, give your, your change because she's good soil. Good soil. And uh, there's supposed to be something else in that audio. I don't know what happened. Let me play it again because she's telling people that if they have a stash, 
if they have if they have some money saved up and they have a stash, they need to go get their stash and give it. Let's play this again. Weekend for me. Yeah, yesterday it started with all this gold dust, which I kept trying to get rid of and scrubbing off my face over and over. I think I'm a little tender on my face because I kept scrubbing it. And the, the things just kept coming back. Yeah, yeah. Before I walked to this platform, I saw two angels standing here. Yeah. Take it. Remember, it's a beautiful day. What did the disciples say? Look at us. Okay, look in. Look here. Look here. Look here. You ready? Take it. Take it. Take it. Ooh, I'm feeling that shaking thing again. So, right now, I want to say to you, there is not better ground in this ministry. I'm on the board of HIM. And so I'm asking you to sow into fertile soil. You know, there's some places that are good dirt and there's some just not good dirt. I'm good dirt. I believe I'm good dirt. Okay. Tonight, I am boldly asking you without apology. Some of you have a stash. What is a stash? Something you've been squirreling away. Maybe you need to get it out of the bank. You know, but I want to say, everybody give something. I mean, even if you have a pocket full of change. You know. Yeah, she wants your stash. You give your stash first there, Cindy. And then uh, maybe the other people would give their stash. But you, you take your stash out first. We'll see how quick you are to do that. And uh, notice that she says that she's good dirt. She, she's good dirt. So don't forget to uh, hand her some of your stash as you're leaving the building. <laughs> and she says, that there was so much gold dust that fell on her. There was one church that they were saying that they used to have this lady running around. I think her name was Lucy Rael. She's not the only one. I don't know how how the gold dust got on her. But anyway, this lady, she had somebody dumping it from the balcony or something. She had she actually, they were saying that the gold dust was coming from heaven, but it wasn't coming from heaven. She was a real con artist. And she used to say that her hands were bleeding, that she had a stigmata. And uh, she had all kinds of tricks, this one. So I don't know where Cindy Jacobs got this from, but what does that have to do with anything anyway? Uh, I don't remember... I don't think that I know of any scripture out there where gold dust was falling down from heaven. What does that mean? What's that supposed to do? And then she says she sees two angels. Of course, they're all, they always see angels. They always see angels, yes. Nobody else sees the angels, but she sees, she sees an angel. So even if I saw an angel, which I've never seen an angel... But even if I saw an angel, I wouldn't tell anybody about it because I wouldn't want to draw attention to myself. Like I'm something special because I see angels. I don't know what they're seeing. 
I don't know what they're seeing, but if they were really seeing angels from heaven, they would have their doctrine straight and they wouldn't be scamming people and lying to people and prophesying to people. So I don't know what they're seeing, but she's not seeing any heavenly angels. Now here's Cindy Jacobs talking about tithing. I kicked the prophet, but later on you feel better. Okay. <laughs> number three, number one, ignorance. Number two, fear of losing our spiritual state for greed and avarice. Number three, not fulfilling the biblical rep- requisites given in the word of God. You're not possessing your promises because you don't tithe. You're a God robber. In fact, it says tithe and offerings. I like what Rush Dooney said. He's a, a writer, a thinker. Christian um, apologist, he said that the tithe is a tax we pay God for using his earth. Free air, rain, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You getting it? So don't be cheap and don't be ungrateful. Giving is an act of worship. And not only that, God wants you to give. Why so you get out of that stupid poverty? You know, I got a hold of the scriptures. Let me read another one to you. Um, I I love this. Uh, Let's see. Except when there are poor among you, then these are the things you should do. Verse 4, okay? And what it means there is that the body of Christ or the followers of Jesus or God's covenant people, as it was in this Old Testament, there should be no lack. It should be an exception. If you fully obey God's word, and then it goes down and says, but if there is poor, do these things. Because the poor will always be with you. Well, we jump to the point where it says the poor will always be with you, but we don't read the first part. In other words, if you're a tithing member of a church and you pay your tithes and you're obedient to the word of God, you shouldn't be under the curse, you should be under the blessing, and you shouldn't be poor. And so I was just mad one day. You know, prophets were weird like that. I mean, I'm like... I'm walking the floor because I'm so upset at this. And I said, I'm telling you, I have um, uh, Pastor Becky, you know, from our church. We go to church about 5,000 members in Dallas. And uh, I said, I am so upset. I'm setting the word. It says that we can eradicate systemic poverty. I can't even get one pastor on the planet to believe that and eradicate the poverty of their local church. I was mad. I was like, what is wrong? You know, rah, 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 rah. And she's just looking at me. She goes, I'll do it. I go, you will? She goes, yes. I'm so excited. That was worth taking her to Guatemala with me. So anyway, so she went back and she didn't know how to eradicate poverty. They didn't know how to put in a program to eradicate the poverty of their congregation. I mean, 5,000-member congregation. You might have a few poor people there. I said, people come into church poor, they go out poor. You know, we don't know what they lost their job. I mean, come on, let the church be a church. And I was rambling on, you know. And uh, so it, they they called 
the business leaders of our church together, and they put a whole course together called Eradicating Systemic Poverty. And I had, because I had prophesied over the church, we're going to be a poverty-free zone. And so people started going to these classes, and they started paying off their debts. They started getting control of their finances. So many people were going through that car wash. And then and then the church started giving churches, like a churches, a cars. We gave away nine cars that year. Then people who own uh, carpeting companies, if people would go through that course, they were helping with them in their houses. And, and then the church started paying off debt. $250,000 came that year, just people bringing money just to eradicate poverty and leaving it on the altar. And so we started taking care of the widows and the singles and those who had nobody to take care of them. And the church became the church. And you know what happened because of that? We started building buildings, and we could pay cash for those buildings. Why? We had the liquidity because we weren't in poverty. You don't need to build any more buildings. Yikes. How many buildings are you going to build? You could, uh, we could have eradicated poverty in this nation a long time ago if these churches stopped building all these multi-million dollar buildings and gymnasiums and whatever the heck else they're building out there. Oh, dear. And the pastor would live in a, a decent house besides living in a multi-million dollar mansion and flying around in multi-million dollar jets and wearing expensive watches and suits and whatever. We could have eradicated poverty a long time ago if pastors wouldn't collect 10% from people and then spend it on their own lust. So it's like, get a life over there, Cindy. Anyway, tithing 10% of your money is not the way out of poverty. The Bible doesn't even say that. And we are not cursed because we don't tithe. Either you believe Galatians 3, you like to pray for people that you say have generational curses and they have all these curses, but curses, but you call yourself a prophetess and then you claim that you read the word of God. I don't know. Did you read Galatians 3, 13? Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So do you believe that? I believe it. I believe it. I I don't know how God can curse me when Jesus Christ died to redeem me from the curse. And I don't have generational curses from my my Auntie Helen and my Uncle Johnny. And I don't have all that. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. So don't tell me uh, you're not reading your Bible. Why don't you study your Bible and study what tithing really is? It was always food. It was never money. And uh, maybe you could learn something by spending a few months studying God's word besides letting those things come out of your mouth that you heard from somebody else about tithing, because obviously you never did your homework. And uh, that's not the way for people to get out of poverty is to uh, give money to the church. The way to get out of poverty, which most of us, especially people around my age, and uh, I'm a senior citizen, 
I'm a senior citizen and over I found their actually I found their wedding certificate the other day when I was going through some family papers. They were married in nineteen oh nine. My grandmother and my grandfather on my father's side. They came over from Europe on a boat. They didn't have anything when they came. And uh, they came, they got jobs in factories. My grandmother on uh, my father's side had 10 children. And uh, she worked in a woolen mill. She walked to work every day for 30 years. And uh, they worked. They worked and they worked and they worked. And then their children worked. And they got things, they had a better life, and then their children's children hopefully will even have a better life. So that's how you get things, you work. And the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. The Bible doesn't say, oh, if you don't tithe 10% to your pastor, you won't eat. No, the Bible doesn't say that. And uh, so if you live within your means and you don't go buy things on credit that you can't afford, and then you get yourself into debt, And then you say, well, I better go over to the church and give 10%. Maybe it's because I'm not giving my 10%. Maybe I'm not sowing enough seed into Cindy Jacobs. Maybe that's the reason I'm not, I'm in poverty. No, that's not the reason. So it's up to you to make your life better. And of course, sometimes people go through hard times through sickness and it's, or, or, and some things are no fault of their own. And of course, We have to understand those things, but you have to train people in churches that the way you have to take care of your family. If you're married and you have a wife and children, you have to take, you have to take care of the family. You made that family. So it's your responsibility to uh, care for that family. Otherwise don't get married and don't have children and expect somebody else to take care of your family. It's like people have enough problems. I, you know, I can't be worried about taking care of your family if you're not worried about taking care of your family. So, and of course you want to be generous to other people, but for the right motives is why, why are you generous? Because you want something back. Even you don't teach your children to do that. You think God would teach us to do that? No, he doesn't teach us to do that. You don't tell your child, give, let your brother Play with your toys so you could get something in return from him. You don't tell you don't tell your children that. You don't say to your children, "Be nice to your neighbor, so that y- your neighbor will do something uh, back for you. Maybe uh, they'll give you some money or something." You don't do that. No. So why do you think God does that? He doesn't do that either. He see, he does say, "Given it shall be given," but if that's not the motive for your giving. And so, uh, Cindy Jacobs, you need to go back to Bible college. I think, I think that you need to go back to Bible school and, uh, you need to sit down for a while until you can get your doctrine straight until you can get your doctrine straight, because you, you had an idea over there at your churches. How can we eradicate poverty? Well, that's not the way to eradicate poverty. And anyway, that's not the idea is to for everybody in the church to give their money to the pastor and then the pastor decides who he's going to distribute the money to. No, you can make up your own mind who you're going to distribute your money to. 
you can hear from God for yourself and, and God can tell you, yeah, why don't you help that brother over there? Why don't you help your church over there? It's up to you to decide. It's not up to the pastor to decide how to spend your money. That It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And if your pastor doesn't want to live by faith, if he's going to teach you that you have to trust God for your finances, but he won't do it, you've got the wrong pastor. He's not setting the example for the church. He's living on 10% of the income, of your income. And yet he's going to tell you that you have to trust God for your money to pay your bills. No, those days are over. And I hope they're, I'm, I'm hoping they're going to be over because that's not the way it is. The pastor of the church should be the example to the congregation of someone that trusts God to meet their needs. Because ultimately we all have to trust God in the time of trouble, in the day of trouble. We all have to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and we have to trust him for our daily bread and to meet our needs. And when we can learn how to totally depend on God and that we, when we pray and we ask, he says that ask and you shall receive, but don't ask amiss to uh, spend it on your lust. He says that. Don't ask with the wrong motive. But he said, when you need something, ask me. I'm your father. I love you. And uh, if I think that I should give it to you, I will give it to you. But if I, if I uh, don't think I should give it to you, I won't give it to you. But these guys, a lot of these guys, they don't ask God to meet their needs or for their daily bread. They tell you, give me 10%. And I, I'll, I'll decide what I'm going to do with it. And it's wrecked havoc on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's created monsters, made monsters out of preachers, and it's wrecked havoc, havoc with the gospel. So we walk by faith. We have to all walk by faith. And we're all equal in the church. There isn't one person that's in control. Of course, there has to be a leader, and there has to be order in the church and, and that kind of thing. But the leaders have to lead by example. And that is very important. But anyway, let's listen to 2 Corinthians 9. Chapter 9. For as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that, as I said, ye may be ready. Lest haply, if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we, that we say not ye, should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty whereof ye had noticed before, that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, 
and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men, and by their prayer for you, which long after you, for the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Amen. So you notice there in Second Corinthians chapter 9, you notice it says that God loves a cheerful giver. It also says that you don't give out of necessity. And if you look up the word necessity, that means because you have to, you know, or because you want something. You have, you have a need, and it's a necessity. So you're going to give money so that you get the necessity. Well, no, the Bible says not to do that. But that's what they teach you, and they need to go back to Bible school. They need to study that scripture. We don't give grudgingly. And you notice that most people, they when you go to church on Sunday and they start with this, now is offering time, blessing time. Let's give the Lord a hand. Come on now, everybody clap and hold your checks up in the air and wave your checks and then come down front and lay it on the altar. And uh, they make a big deal about it. And uh, they want you to get all excited about it. But most people don't start clapping. They tell you to clap. But on your own, you're not clapping when you're given that 10%. <laughs> but they want you to clap and they, they want you to dance up there and whatever as they rake in those millions of dollars and uh, they're spending it. You can see, you can see some of the uh, mansions that these guys have. Multi-million dollar mansions like T.D. Jakes, his house is so big. It looks like it's about 30,000 square feet. It's so big. I don't know how, like, where, where do they live in that house, you know? How, how many rooms do you need? But you could see that. Um, there's some videos on uh, YouTube and probably some of the other platforms where you could see his house. I have one on my channel called Lifestyles of Rich and Famous Preachers, and it'll show you some of the houses that, these people live in, but that's all coming from your tithe money, which they claim that they're going to use to spread the gospel. Well, no, they're, they're spreading the wealth, but it's usually in their direction. Anyway, here is a buddy of uh, Cindy Jacobs, and you, you'll notice that there's some very strange women that hang around her, but here's this Emma Stark. And uh, she's a big buddy of Judy. Miss Emma, what's the Lord saying to you? Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Am I? What a joy to be with you. It's like a happy family reunion. And uh, I just love you guys and love the British Isles prophets that I'm on with Mama Sharon, who has been the champion cheering the way, you know, and we stand on her shoulders. And uh, we are still in the most extreme lockdown here in Scotland. England has slightly lifted it. But can we just have a moment of Jesus, please open the hairdressers? Because, you know, honestly, we've not had a hairdresser open since March and it looks like it'll not be till July in Scotland and my hair will
will be growing out the top of the screen if this goes on for very much longer. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, first world problems. Okay, um, let's just jump straight in. Um, I feel like we are about to have this Pentecost uh, in just a few short handful of days that we need to be prepped for. We need to know what is about to explode all over us. I would say that there were going to be two things that are key in this new wine. Because, of course, when we hit the marriage um, uh, feast in Canaan, Jesus' first miracle, we see that that goes from old wine to no wine and then to new wine. You get old None, and then new. And I think we've had the old, we've gone oh, fed up with that. Then we've had this kind of hiatus of this lockdown where we felt completely all over the place, completely discombobulated because we had no wine. And now the new wine is about to burst because of what you guys who are watching is going to get in this new wine. And I heard two words, and the first word was par, P-O-W-E-R. I know in Irish it only has one syllable, but anyway, par. And I feel that the Lord is saying to me, we are going to be infused with the force and the glory of God so that signs and wonders and miracles just trip off us with such glorious ease that where we have seen miracles in the last, you know, a handful of years, it's going to be uh, like a muddy puddle in comparison to the ocean of God-given power-based solutions that come from heaven to you and through you. So you've got to get... <laughs> Uh, well, Emma, maybe you say power in over there, but you know how to say power, so just say it. Like, don't make a big thing like, oh, in Irish, we don't have it. We say power, we say one syllable or whatever she was saying, but, and uh, then she wants the hairdresser. Jesus, please get the hairdresser open. And, of course, they always, the focus is always on signs and wonders. But Jesus said, don't go chasing after signs and wonders. He said it's a wicked and a, an adulterous generation that always goes running after a sign. I want, I want sound doctrine. That's what I want. I want sound doctrine. I don't want Emma Stark telling me what to do, that's for sure. Here's another hot, this is very weird emma here an angel visits her puts a hot coal and god actually burns her mouth and uh, bloodies her mouth this is what she wants you to believe emma stark she's irish but she lives in scotland so this is going to be a wild one emma thank you for being with us <laughs> and, and uh, today we're going to talk about angels so fasten your seatbelts. And Emma teaches that it's biblically normal to have angelic encounters today, and there's a new paradigm. There's a new pattern of people, Christians, believers, partnering with angels. You've got a ton of stories. Now, you talk about it being biblically normal. Let's go to Isaiah 6. Yes. Because uh, I, uh, Isaiah had a wonderful experience, but you, you have an experience tied in with that. Well, yes, and uh, yeah, this is an Irish accent, and I'm full-blown Celtic warrior, just so you've got the heads up on that. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a teenager and when I was studying at university, um, I had my first angel encounter, which set me on a trajectory to examine the scriptures to see, well, God, is this okay? Because I just want to be biblically normal. I don't right. want to be outside 
by the biblical right. best practice. Wow. So I was on my knees praying Isaiah 6, and I was praying that for days. And I would run back to my lectures and say, God, here I am, send me, you know, that, that devotion yes. of a teenager. Yep. You know, oh, I just want you to use me, God. And then this seraphim walked physically through the wall. Now, tell the people at home what a seraphim is because they don't know. Well, a seraphim is one of the holiest angels, and it's in that, in fact, it's the only time seraphim is mentioned in Scripture is Isaiah 6. Okay. And they're the ones that hold the, to the tongs with coals with the in coal, the end. Right. And he was terrifying because, of course, there are many winged, and uh, in fact, they're six-winged, and very much like Mary who falls down dead or John in Scripture, the Revelator, I was like, if I hadn't been on the floor already, I would have been on the floor. Right. So I'm holding the end of my bed sheets in that kind of, because the holiness of God mm. has just walked into the room. And this angel says, the Lord has heard your prayers. And he physically put the coal to my lips. And in a second, as an 18-year-old, my entire mouth went totally ulcerated wow. and I started to bleed. I actually have blood on the pages of that Bible that I was using in Whoa. my late teenage years. And it was just, it was so shocking. And I, obviously I was in pain, but I had met physically, not just spiritually, I had met physically with the power and the purification of the Lord. So I, I mean, I was terrified and I went straight to my minister. I'm like, I don't know what to do, you know, and um, this would have been in the mid 90s. And he just got some water and blessed it and said, drink it. And as quickly as the burning had come, it went. And so that made me start to say, well, oh, 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 God, you know, is this going to be the way life should be? Is, right. is this normal? Right. No, it's not normal. First of all, seraphims don't walk through your walls. Can you imagine you're sitting in your house and all of a sudden a seraphim walks through your wall? I don't think so. And he brings a hot coal with him and he burns your mouth. And then she says, there's even blood stains on my Bible from this encounter. Oh, oh yeah. Now God's a child abuser. He goes around burning people's mouths. I, I, this, this is Cindy Jacobs' friend. Yes, this is the new kid on the block. I'm a star. Now, here's the worst. I think this is the worst blasphemous thing that she could ever say. Listen to this one important that I talk to you about what I saw in the throne room it, when God caught me up in the spirit and I saw God as I walked into the throne room which I do quite often and I'm used to the, the, the cacophony of the angelic noise uh, and the, you know the 24 elders doing the business of the throne but God came off his throne and he's on all fours on the ground in a way I've never seen him before and he is, there's, a, there's a howling groaning almost disturbing noise and I looked to the angels like do I need to give him space what do you do when you see God like that and one of the angels whispered in my ear remember Gethsemane and I'm thinking oh yes of course you're supposed to, st to stay you know because Jesus was abandoned in that moment and I kind of kneel down before God and of course he's huge and I'm so small I start to hear him wail and this is if that image disturbs you it's right out of Isaiah where Isaiah describes God as a woman in labor, a God, the woman giving birth. And I hear just God wail, I want the nations. I'm 
calling for the nations. It's a time for the nations to come back to me. And suddenly God is weeding out of his own scriptures and he's weeding Haggai chapter 2. And in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth. And so I feel like God is saying, watch, I am investing. And I choose that word very carefully. I am investing in shaking. And did you think shaking would be easy? And did you think shaking would not have catastrophic events? you know, associated with it, because God says, I must shake you, because if I don't shake you, you cannot carry the new wine. If I don't shake Yeah, he's going to shake you, all right, if you say things like, you saw God Almighty get off his throne and go on all fours? That right there should have been enough for anybody to turn her off forever, never listen to another word that she would say. That is total blasphemy. And Emma Stark and Cindy Jacobs and I don't I I haven't really listened to this one that they mentioned from England, lives in England, Sharon Stone, a new kid on the block, these so called prophetesses. That would be it. And that should be it for anybody. So if anybody comes around and they're extolling Cindy uh, Jacobs and this Emma Stark lady. Play him that clip where she says that God got off. She goes to, to the throne room and she sees God when the Bible says no man can see God and live. So how does she get to go up there and see God get off his throne and go on all fours? Disgusting. How could anybody think that these people have any credibility at all? And and you would want to listen to these women. Well, I I couldn't even believe that I was hearing that. I couldn't I couldn't even believe it. And Cindy, she pals around with her a lot. You'll see a, a lot of the videos if you want to look at some of the the uh, false teaching. I wouldn't recommend that you look at these videos anyway. But if you're doing research for research purposes for that. Because these women are so deceptive. They want to tell you about your life and their and uh they're gonna claim that they're prophets of the Lord and they have angelic visits and and uh they they go to heaven and these kind of things and then you're gonna talk like that about God? No. 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 Don't take it seriously. And, and anybody should be turned off, any any Christian worth their salt should be turned off by that kind of thing and say, no, that's enough. We're putting that stuff away. And anybody that's associated with, with Cindy Jacobs, any of the other, this Chuck Pierce, and uh, there's a whole host of people that she hangs around with. Supposedly, she's got some kind of a prophetic, pathetic network. But anybody that she's associated with, if she can associate with a woman like this Emma Stark with her blasphemy against the holy God, then anybody else that she's associated with, and I don't know, Jim Baker, he needs to have his head examined too because he brings these people on his program to influence people. And she's giving him these prophecies. He wants to build this monument to prophets, this hall of the prophets he wants to build. Well, 
I remember in the 1980s, just before he fell, just before before everything crashed down on him, he wanted to build a crystal cathedral there at, and it was a monument. He wanted to build. He was always building, building, building all these things. And the last straw was when he was building. He wanted to build this crystal cathedral, and he would play the theme song to "Dream an Impossible Dream," and that was it. It was like God put a stop to the whole thing. It was over. And no, God doesn't need any hall of the prophets because these people are not prophets. Who are you putting in that hall? It's another building program, another way to get money. No, you don't need a hall of the prophets. But yet she's telling him that, oh, yes, God's going to let you do it and and, uh, puffing him up. And the last time he got all puffed up, he got into he got into some big trouble with the Lord. Just stick to the gospel. The gospel is simple. All these other added things and uh, the things that these people try to tell you to puff you up because you could see uh, Cindy Jacobs. You see her going to these churches and then she calls people up and she gives them these flattering words and I'll close with this last one that she gave to Morris to really uh, I want to give a fresh word to our papa here and the Lord says that I raised you up for this legacy and the Lord said I wouldn't let you leave without that legacy been doing everything it should do. And the Lord says, I'm setting the money in order. I'm setting the finances in order. I'm setting your legacy in order. I'm doing it all. Because the Lord says, there is a new watchman anointing coming into the earth. And the Lord says, I have given you an anointing to set the watchers in the nations of the earth, says the Lord. And the Lord says, know this, I am assigning the Simeons and the Annas. I am assigning those, the Lord says, who will watch over legacy. And God says, I have raised you up for this time of awakening. I have raised you up to awaken the nations. And the Lord says, I am going to increase this. I'm going to give you the increase. And the Lord says, those who have aligned, those who have been faithful, and those who have stood with you are going to receive something that is of the devil, says the Lord. And the Lord says, watch and see, double harvest, double anointing, double miracles. There will be an Elisha anointing released from you in this season into the ends of the earth, and it will shake the nation, says the Lord. Let's put our hands together. Come on, you believe the word of the Lord. I believe. I don't know what Lord she's talking about because she certainly is not talking about the Lord Jesus Christ because the Lord Jesus is not telling Morris Cirillo that he's got a legacy. The only legacy he has is being a con artist. That was his legacy. But he built this big monument to himself over there in, in uh, San Diego. Maybe Shannon's seen it. She, I know she lives over there in that area, but no, no. And then she's telling them that because people give money to him, they're going to get double. No, you're going to get double trouble. You give that con artist any money. Of course, he's not alive anymore, but uh, 
No, these people don't have any legacy to leave behind. If you don't have integrity in your ministry, especially with your finances, you don't have any any legacy to leave behind except for filthy lucre. That's what they're going to remember. So just forget about your legacy. I don't know why these people think it's so important that they leave a legacy behind. And uh, I'm going to leave the earth. Who, who? It's just like Oral Roberts. Who really thinks about him so much anymore now that he's dead? People don't talk about him so much anymore. People pass away. These people pass away. And people forget about them for the most part. So hopefully you can leave something behind that uh, you can leave some good things behind. But once I'm gone, I'm gone. You know, people won't think that much about me anymore once I'm not here. There'll be other people to, to uh, pick up the torch and uh, preach the gospel after we're gone. But if we're going to leave a legacy, at least leave a legacy of integrity and honesty and that you and Jesus can say to you, well done. Instead of depart from me, I never knew you. I'd rather hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, than uh, depart from me. So anyway, that's our program for today. But beware. Beware of these people. And probably some of you have friends that are following these people. But play them some of these clips. And let them know what these people are saying and and who these people are hanging around with. uh, And who they're promoting. These these people are of the devil. That Emma Stark, she looks like a witch. I wouldn't be surprised if she isn't. And I'll say it, too. These people are not of God. And they seduce you with these flattering words. And and, uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. But be on the lookout and warn your friends. Don't forget, if you need to email me, susan at propheticnews.com. And I want to thank everybody that came in the chat room today for your comments. I enjoyed them very much. And our brother Vince has his show, Truth Sharks Radio, on Blog Talk Radio. You might want to check him out. Thanks, Shannon and our brother with the J. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Joffrey, so I think, or Jeffrey, maybe that is how you pronounce it, but if I mispronounced it, I'm sorry. But everybody that's in the chat room, thanks for stopping around. And uh, all my friends in South Africa, Great Britain, Canada, Australia, hi, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. Preach the good word over there and save your friends from these false prophets and apostles but don't forget the most important thing today is if you don't know the lord jesus christ give your life to jesus ask him to forgive you of your sins ask him to come into your life and change your life and he'll give you a brand new life and he'll forgive you of all your sins no matter what they are he will forgive you and he will give you a a new life a good life of joy and peace that you can't buy all right god bless you all Blessed be the name